Hello and welcome to our first Fed podcast. I'm Craig Mitchell, National Director for Formation, Education and Discipleship, otherwise known as Fed, and I'm speaking with Reverend Stu Cameron, who's the Minister at New Life Uniting Church at Rabina on the Gold Coast in sunny Queensland. Just starting my 10th year in ministry and uh, just been extended for another five years, so um, uh, so it's been a, a, you know, a long-term ministry here. Uh, the church turns 21 years old in May. Um, it was the coming together of four smaller um, United Church congregations here on the Gold Coast, around which the city had basically grown, um, what would have been rural or uh, regional, small regional uh, centres. Um, and uh, the Presbytery and Synod uh, purchased uh, just under 10 acres of land in what was really um, open farmland, uh, canals were just being built, there were no suburbs, and uh, the church was built, um, uh, and then the suburbs were effectively built around the church all at the same time. And so we've grown with the suburbs, and we've grown with the region. And if you found, if you, if you put a, a pin in the geographic centre of the Gold Coast, we'd be pretty close, east, south, mm. north, northwest. So it's a remarkable location and, and, and a fantastic example of visionary leadership in the Presbyterian Synod at the time. Um, so, well, of course, the grace of God. Um, so the church has grown steadily over that time. Um, and, you know, what today we, I would describe us as a busy, <laughs> uh, large regional uh, church, um, multiple ministries, multi-generation. So, uh, you know, we, we have a lot of babies and our oldest member, active member is 101 years old, who's regularly in worship and everything in between. So it, it's very diverse community, 36 different birth nationalities, um, uh, you know, quite an extensive children, youth, young adult ministry, very, and very involved in the community and um, community outreach through counselling, emergency relief, homeless support, an op shop, etc. So um, both our, I guess our blessing and our curse is that we're an activist church, uh, a church that's, you know, got a very strong volunteer base, uh, the shadow side of which is that sometimes our more contemplative side finds hard to have expression. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to talk about lifelong discipleship mm-hmm. and uh, in, in the church's vision uh, for itself and its um, understanding of who it is, mm-hmm. what's the place of discipleship in that? Yeah. Um, eight or nine years ago we, we clarified um, what our vision was as a church and, and that was summarised in a you know, what a lot of churches have, of course, vision and values and, and those sorts of things. And uh, the phrase we used at the time, uh, changing lives, transforming the world, and, and the understanding that the gospel is transformative for community, but that primarily happens through uh, individuals who are gripped and then uh, grown in the gospel. And we, we articulate that now um, it was this way, uh, more people, more like Jesus. So we, we're very strong around evangelism. Um, of of giving people an opportunity to both hear and to respond to the gospel in, in ways which are culturally appropriate. Um, but then to, to grow in that, or to use biblical language, um, you know, we're, we're very interested in, in seeing people uh, justified but also sanctified. Um, so t- to grow in grace uh, as well as experience grace. And so um, you know, we, we spend a fair bit of time, um, I guess, checking the spiritual pulse of the church through using tools like NCD, uh, and also Reveal, which is a, a discipleship uh, um, methodology that comes out of the United States through Willow Creek um, and uh, assesses where people are on the discipleship journey in terms of um, growing in Christ-likeness, if you like. 
Um, and we use that data to uh, understand uh, how best we think, at least anyway, to uh, to teach and equip our people where they are on those stages. So we're aware that, for example, on Sundays we, we have um, a, a community where anywhere between 10 and 20% of the people are, are yet are still exploring faith. Mm. And so we want to speak and address the issues that are important and the questions that are there. Whereas we have you know, around 30% of our people who, uh, through their own description, uh, uh, would be described as Christ-centered or quite mature in faith. So again, you've got this diversity within, the, within a Sunday gathering mm-hmm. which you need to address. But outside of that gathering, in terms of discipleship resources, of course, you can target more specifically around those different, those different stages of faith, if you like. Um, so we try... It, we, we recognise that we have a responsibility uh, to equip people for those different stages in the discipleship journey. So, um, and that's where, you know, in a regional community, of course, you have the opportunity to target uh, different programs, etc. So, for example, we're about to start Alpha uh, again, which we haven't run for a few years. Um, we've run other um, faith exploration uh, programs. Um, but Alpha primarily is, is we, we, we're encouraging people who we know are exploring faith into that or who are very new to faith. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's one there. At the other end of it, we have uh, on Sunday our, our first um, gathering, which we call Staring Pot, which is a theological conversation for a couple of hours and uh, a mediated debate um, around uh, Calvinism versus Arminianism. I can never pronounce that right predestination versus free will, really looking at some of the foundational traditions of the Uniting Church and how they are held in tension. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's for people who are wanting to wrestle with some deeper theological questions. So, so yeah, it, we, have, we have the opportunity, I suppose, with the resources we have to, to target specifically around those things. And even in our small groups, we will have small groups which are primarily for people who are either exploring a new to faith and, and others which are wanting to do more in-depth theological conversation and be stretched a little bit. So say some more about what the small groups yeah. do. So small small groups, are. our small group ministry, um, increasingly we're aligning with our Sunday, well not just our Sunday, but our weekend uh, worship. We have six different worshipping communities from um, a community for people with disabilities through uh, Youth Street, um, our youth ministry, our young adult ministry, etc. And basically uh, our teaching themes across a weekend will be the same across all of those communities. What we also produce is a, uh, a basic small group resource which ties into that, which is uh, written by lay leaders primarily, um, and uh, which is circulated to small group leaders through the week. So the understanding is that small groups will either be reading the text that they'll be, they'll be uh, the primary text for weekend worship the week before or the week after to reinforce or to open up the conversation. And so we're wanting to give people an opportunity to reflect further on what's happened on Sunday. Um, so we're trying to integrate those things. So um, small groups, uh, we take them really seriously, but not just, for, not just for the teaching element of discipleship, but also pastoral care. Mm-hmm. So they're our primary pastoral care um, vehicle. Um, and that's you know, one of the reasons we're very keen to, to put people, get people into those, because it gives them an opportunity to experience community in a way that in a larger context is very difficult. Um, uh, so our, our small group leaders we invest in heavily, they're all involved in a, a leadership community themselves outside of the small group where once a month they come together to encourage one another to pray, to be resourced, um, etc. So we're doing ongoing continual 
um, leadership development of those small group leaders and looking for people to train up to come on board for that as well. So there's an intentionality about that. And so we put a lot of time and effort into small groups as a, I guess, a primary engine room for our discipleship strategy here. I mean, I've heard more than one uh, minister in my time say we have trouble getting people to join small groups. Do you have, that, have you had that trouble? Yeah. I mean, there's always people who, for a variety, variety of personal and other reasons, will struggle. Look, we, it's better. Uh, you know, we would have around... Um, be around 60% of our regular young, uh, regular adult population in some form of small group, discipleship small group. So not not just an affinity group, but you know, it, but where there's a, there's some exploration of the scriptures, mm -hmm. prayer, etc. So yeah, it might even be a bit higher than that now. Um, so yeah, we we are constantly promoting it and and encouraging it. We recognise that when we start to uh, take the foot off the pedal, it starts to slip back. So it has to. It, it has to be um, a strategy, not just a program. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, otherwise, it's you know, if it's just another program, it won't have the energy and effort that it requires. That's certainly what we've learned. And so we have a we you know we, we put significant number of uh, amount of our staffing time, if you like, into that, and and, and obviously you know lay leadership, mm -hmm. etc. It's our biggest investment. So you mentioned the small groups are linked to teaching mm -hmm. themes in worship. Mm -hmm. Can you say some more about that? It would be fair to say that we, we have a, a, a very strong emphasis around teaching ministry in Sunday worship. It would be, uh, you know, some, some churches are known for uh, uh, emphasis on liturgy, others on music, on, you know, all age um, inter interaction, as would be around teaching if you were to, to come here. Um, and so... Uh, uh, you know, we, we spend a lot of time uh, both uh, reflecting on and planning for that, but also uh, looking forward at what, what the teaching themes will be through the year. We, we don't follow the lectionary here, uh, although we, we do uh, work on a, uh, on a, on a um, basis where we plan out the whole year around um, uh, particular themes, but also making sure that we uh, uh, you know, teach the breadth of Scripture over a three-year cycle, um, and so we would look to over a three-year cycle, and we, we, we analyse this and reflect on it, have we taught enough out of the Gospels, out of the rest of the New Testament and out of the Old Testament as the primary text? So we want to give people a, a, you know, a, mm. a good spread, a good, over a three-year cycle, we would hope they would have a good feel for the narrative arc of Scripture. Um, you know that the that the story that the integration of the story of scripture, but but in terms of the themes we'll, we'll teach in a particular year, we'll we'll start planning about four months out from that calendar year. What are the themes we think? You know, what are the what are the issues that we need to address? Um, you know, what's the scriptural framework that we that we need to pick up? You know, where do we need to spend more time, etc. So, for example, this year. Um, we, we're just about to start a series called God Is, which is exploring the character and nature of God. And we, we, we felt there was a real need for us to teach some, some basic doctrine. Um, and that's what we're going to be doing. Uh, we'll, we'll be doing that through the lens of the Exodus story uh, and Moses' encounter with um, the self-revelation of God that you, mm -hmm. you find in Exodus. So, so we'll, we'll be doing two things. We'll be giving people a good feel for the Exodus story, um, so the continuity of that. But using it as a touchstone to actually look at, well, this is not Moses' story or even Israel's story. This is God's story. And what do we, what do we see here about the character and nature of God that's revealed there? And then you know, further expound that through the rest of the scripture. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we'll spend some time looking uh, after that 
uh, in the Gospel of Matthew, um, prayer, uh, the Ten Commandments, but looking at that using again an Old Testament narrative uh, to to illustrate the text, and then uh, then a Gospel application. So that's what we're doing. Advent we always teach uh, through Advent around um, an Advent theme leading into Christmas. So there's a rhythm to the year. Does the congregation know what's happening, or yeah, is it kind yeah, of do. they t- rock up and all no, suddenly we're no. doing? No, no, we plan that out. And, and when we, we, each year at the beginning of the year, we'll let people know this is what we've done, this is what we're planning to do, and then we call it Vision Sunday. We'll roll it. We've just had that now, and we'll tell people this is the teaching themes through the year. And then at the end of the year, we'll in one message we'll remind people here's here's where we've come from, here's what we've learned, uh, here are the key takeaways. So we'll try to reinforce that. We, we also use uh, social media quite strongly around that um, uh, and, uh, and small group resources, I said before, which is um, you know, hopefully helping um, uh, more deeply embed what happens. So, so Sunday, is about, Sunday is about opening up the theme. Midweek is about actually exploring the theme more fully. Um, and, and from time to time, we'll also prepare devotionals for individual reflection. Yeah, we, we strongly encourage daily reading of scripture. We, we, as the outcome, we, we don't focus so much on the process. Um, so we say to people, if that works by reading a, a, an established devotion, we'll do that. We teach on journaling, um, that is you know, biblical meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll use um, you know, resources from Eugene Peterson or Tim Keller or others to help people give very practical advice about how to best do this. Um, we, we use some consistent language like, you know, where's your 15 minutes a day? Where's your chair? You know, where's a time where you can actually... And we'll, and we'll weave that into, you know, even into our teaching ministry. We'll try to normalise yeah. um, devotional, a devotional life in the life of a, of a Christian. Um, and so that it's not just for the super spiritual, but it's for the everyday uh, people. That it, it doesn't need to be onerous, but it can be woven into the rhythm of a person's day. So try to demystify it and to make it accessible uh, in that way. Um, and, 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 and impress upon people that um, you know, the research that we read is that uh, uh, you know, developing the daily discipline of biblical meditation is one of the most catalytic um, spiritual disciplines for growth, spiritual growth. Now, obviously, there's <laughs> there's some some biblical meditation that can that's not helpful. So it's about help, helping them find a helpful framework around around doing that. Yeah.